Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today to Off the Bench with Heidi St. John. Today is Tuesday, June 1st, and today we're going to do a little bit of a recap of the weekend, talk a little bit about the headlines and what it means to walk in victory. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So today, you guys, I got something a little bit new for you. So if you listen really carefully, you might every once in a while hear a car go by. And that's because Jay and I are recording this from the motorhome. That's right. We are sitting here right now in St. Augustine at a state park here. And I think it's called Anastasia State Park. And uh, it's beautiful. We've been here once before, really hot outside. The kids are down at the ocean and I'm taking a few minutes and just getting on here to encourage you guys. A couple of things that I want to let you guys know about. I'm going to be on my way. In fact, as soon as we're done recording here, Jay and I are driving, heading up toward uh, Chicago for the ICHE convention. I hope you guys will come out. I noticed on their website that they are saying now that masks are not required if you've had the vaccine or if you have a medical exemption. So I'm just going to leave that right there, and I will see you guys this weekend just south of Chicago. I hope you'll come out. It's going to be a great weekend. Several people that I know very well are going to be there, and I know that you guys will be encouraged. There's a lot of reasons why we need to stand shoulder to shoulder right now. And I spent the weekend with my family at FPEA, probably one of the very best homeschool conferences in the nation. I had an opportunity to meet with Governor DeSantis for about 10 minutes and talk to him about my run for the House of Representatives in Washington State and really the very stark contrast between the way that he is governing the people in the state of Florida and the way that my governor is doing it really through tyrannical dictates. You know, I told him, you know, while Governor DeSantis is standing in the gap for children and standing against critical race theory, our governor is putting our children in harm's way by mandating it via law. And it absolutely matters. It matters. We need to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. There's absolutely no time to waste. I was reading today in First Samuel, I'm going to actually read a little bit of a chunk of this to you guys. So you can grab your kids and pull them around because I think this is such an awesome story. But reading in First in Samuel, starting in uh, chapter 29 and going through about halfway through chapter 31. But this is an amazing story because you're going to hear how Joshua really handled a lot of what was coming at him. Joshua and David in this particular story, these were really hard times for the people of God. And I know a lot of you are feeling the pinch right now right? You're feeling like many of you, and I heard from you in Florida this last weekend, whose churches did not stand up to the tyrannical dictates or your churches decided that it was woke. And in this particular passage, David had really reached a low point in his life. So he'd gotten himself in the position of being about to fight for the Philistines against Israel. But even then, the Philistines decided that they didn't want him. And so he goes back to find that the Amalekites have captured his men's wives, his sons, and his daughters. And the result was David coming before the Lord with this explosive mix of grief and anger. The whole company was distraught at what happened. And David's followers then turned to blame him and threatened to stone him. So let's look at this passage for just a minute because the Bible is relevant to what's happening in your life right now. And you're going to see as we continue to read 
what's happening in the life of David, that there are many things that we can juxtapose and say, hey, this is what we're facing right now. All right, so 1 Samuel chapter 29, let's start in verse 1. The Philistines gathered all their forces at Aphek, and Israel camped by the spring in Jezreel. As the Philistine rulers marched with their units of hundreds and thousands, David and his men were marching at the rear with Achish. The commanders of the Philistines asked, What about these Hebrews? Achish replied, Is this not David, who was an officer of Saul, the king of Israel? He has already been with me for over a year. And from the day he left Saul until now, I have found no fault in him. But the Philistine commanders were angry with Achish and said, Send the man back, that he may return to the place you assigned him. He must not go with us into battle, or he will turn against us during the fighting. How better could he regain his master's favor than by taking the heads of our own men? Isn't this the David they sang about in their dances, when they said Saul has slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands? So Achish called David and said to him, As surely as the Lord lives, you have been reliable, and I would be pleased to have you serve with me in the army. For the day you came to me until today, I have found no fault in you, but the rulers don't approve of you. Now turn back and go in peace. Do nothing to displease the Philistine rulers. But what have I done? asked David. What have you found against your servant from the day I came to you until now? Why can't I go and fight against the enemies of my lord the king? Achish answered, I know that you have been as pleasing in my eyes as an angel of God. Nevertheless, the Philistine commanders have said that you can't go with us into battle. Now go, get up early along with your master's servants who have come with you and leave in the morning as soon as it is light. So David and his men got up early in the morning to go back to the land of the Philistines, and the Philistines went up to Jezreel. David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag and burned it, and had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it had been destroyed by fire, and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, the widow of Nabal of Carmel, Abigail, and Anaheim of Jezreel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Then David said to the priest, Bring me the ephod. So the priest brought it to him, and David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he answered. You will surely overtake them and succeed in the rescue. David and the six hundred men with him came to the Besor Valley, where some stayed behind. Two hundred of them were too exhausted to cross the valley, but David and the other four hundred continued in the pursuit. They found an Egyptian in a field and brought him to David. They gave him water to drink and food to eat, part of a cake of pressed figs and two cakes of raisins. He ate and was revived, for he had not eaten any food or drunk water for three days and three nights. David asked him, Who do you belong to? Where do you come from? He said, I am an Egyptian, the slave of an Amalekite. 
My master abandoned me when I became ill three days ago. We raided the Negev, some territory belonging to Judah and the Negev of Caleb, and we burned Siklag. David asked him, Can you lead me to the raiding party? And he answered, Swear to me before God that you will not kill me or hand me over to my master, and I will take you down to them. And so he led David down, and there they were, scattered all over the countryside, eating, drinking, and reveling because of the great amount of plunder that they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from Judah. David fought against them from dusk until the evening of the next day, and none of them got away except 400 young men who rode off on camels and fled. David recovered everything the Amalekites had taken, including his wives. Nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else they had taken. David brought everything back. He took all the flocks and herds and his men and drove them ahead of the livestock, saying, This is David's plunder. And then David came to the 200 men that had been too exhausted to follow him and who were left behind at the valley. As David and his men approached, he asked them how they were. But all the evil men and the troublemakers among David's followers said, Because they did not go out with us, we will not share with them the plunder we recovered. However, each man may take his wife and children and go. But David replied, No, my brothers, you must not do that with what the Lord has given us. He has protected us and delivered us into our hands, the raiding party that came against us. Who will listen to what you say? The share of the man who stayed with the supplies is to be the same as that of him who went down to the battle. All will share alike. And David made this a statute and ordinance for Israel from that day forward to this. As I'm reading the story of David over and over again, this dude, this is why we love the Psalms, right? So David in one moment was like, thank you, Lord. You've done, you've done everything for me. I owe you my life. And the next minute he was crying out to God. They hate me. They're chasing after me. Nothing's working. Where are you? And David's life was like that. But the Bible teaches us that in the middle of everything, and this is a perfect example, David strengthened himself with trust in the Lord. And this really was the turning point in his life. Hey, you guys, you have probably heard by now that I am running for the United States House of Representatives to represent District 3 in Washington State. And I wanted to let you know that there are a couple of ways that you can help us. First of all, follow me on all of my campaign social media platforms. You can find Heidi St. John for Congress at Facebook. You can also find me on Instagram. And of course, sign up to get on the mailing list at Heidi St. John for Congress. We are up against a very big second quarter fundraising deadline right now. And we need you to donate to the campaign. Every little bit helps. And so you guys have heard me say before, it takes a lot of money to run a campaign like this. And there's some very important things coming up. If you go to the website, HeidiStJohnForCongress.com, you can find out exactly how to donate. And I would so appreciate that. Also, you can volunteer. And we need volunteers from all over the country. We need prayer volunteers. And you can sign up to be on our prayer team at HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. You can complete the volunteer form there and you can join my fight for the soul of America. Again, you guys, that website is HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. So when we do what David did, when we turn to God in times of struggle, and certainly we're facing a lot of very, very difficult things in the nation right now and around the world, when we can be like David and turn to God in the middle of those things, The Lord is going to answer our prayers. And just like David, we're going to be amazed at the speed in which God is able to turn things around. 
in the story, we read about the men returning from battle. Remember this, you guys? And some of them didn't want to share what they'd recovered with the men who were too exhausted to fight. But David, in his wisdom, was wise enough to see that everyone has a part to play in God's work. And he wisely said, no, you can't do that with what the Lord has given you. And what he was saying was those who do the less glamorous work are just as important as those who hit the headlines. Everybody who gets off the bench and onto the battlefield is doing something for the kingdom. Everybody has a role to play. At the end of the day, at the end of the story, if I were to keep reading, we would read about the death of Saul. And Saul took his own life in order to avoid being abused in the way that Samson was. He was faced with dangers and barbarism that must have been absolutely mind-blowing, and it must have meant so much to David to strengthen himself with trust in the Lord. So today we're going to follow God's example and spend time with him and ask him to strengthen us. I was uh, reading a headline today, right before I started this, this awesome headline. I'll link back to it in the show notes today. But the name of the devotion was, You Have the Energy of God. And Jay said, God must be pretty tired. <laughs> and I thought, I thought that was pretty good because it doesn't often feel like we have the energy of God either. But you know what, you guys, we have access to him. And he is the one who restores and he is the one who revives and he's the one who's going to help us at the end of the day, who even when we're tired, after we spend time with him, say, Lord, please fill us up, energize us, help us to trust you. Some of you guys are already tired. You don't want to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. You'd already, you've already had enough. And God's saying, trust me, because when we're led by the Holy Spirit, God is going to help us to do whatever it is that he has asked us to do through him. And so even when we're at the lowest of our energy, are we facing great trials and challenges? or just the ordinary everyday things of life, the Bible teaches us that we can find strength in God. And it's more important now than it's ever been for us to put our trust and our hope in the Lord. And as we do that, you guys, God's going to be faithful. He is going to finish what he has begun. This is his heart toward you. I was reading the headlines. You guys know that I follow very closely and always have just followed the news. I think it's very interesting to see what's happening to the church right now as people are trying to make their way through the end of the pandemic, right? Trying to figure out what is, where do we go from here? Do we open? Do we not open? I mean, you guys know my opinion on this, but we had the opportunity to go out for dinner the other night in Orlando and there was a young server and she was at the table with the mask on. I said, hey, when do you guys get to take those off? Because, you know, it's Florida. And I kept thinking F is for Florida and free. I was shocked at the number of people that were wearing masks still. I mean, 100 degree heat. And these guys are outside on street corners by themselves wearing masks. And I, I'm just starting to ask the questions. And so I asked this young woman, I said, when are you guys going to be able to take them off at your place of employment? And she said, well, Friday. And I said, that's fantastic. That's great news. And uh, she said, well, I'm not really sure I'm going to take mine off because I haven't been vaccinated. And I said, do you mind if I ask you a question about the vaccine? I said, you don't have to answer me and maybe it's probing, but I promise it's not a gotcha. I just genuinely want to know. And she said, sure. So I said, why is it that you are afraid of COVID? Like to the point where you would continue wearing a mask even though you didn't have to. And she said, I just don't want to get sick. And I asked her if she knew about the survival rate of COVID, and she said that she did. And as we talked, you know, for just a couple of moments, it was interesting to me to note the fear that we have of getting sick. But you guys, you know what? We're going to get sick. Our bodies are going to wear out. 
we have just a little bit of time to do what God wants us to do. And I'm going to encourage you the way I encouraged her. You don't need to live in fear. Your days have already been ordained for you. And it's time for us to get out and influence the culture and impact the culture. We know that the fear that we're experiencing right now doesn't come from the Lord. The Bible teaches us God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. Fear is a spirit, you guys, and it's all over the culture right now. And I've been saying this forever and ever. Amen. And God's heart is that we would be free. And I think it's a spirit of fear that keeps us from engaging the culture and it handicaps us so that we can't show our children how to use their own voices and escape the prison of fear. And so I'm going to come back tomorrow. We're going to talk about what it looks like. I'm going to give you some examples, some ways that you can engage the culture right now and get off the bench and take your family with you. Get off off of the sidelines and onto the front lines in the fight for faith and freedom. Because you guys, a lot of you are seeing the threats to our liberty. And just like David, you're tired right now. And you're going, you know what? Forget it. And the Lord's saying, come back to me. Take a cool drink of water from the word. I told you guys last week that I was having a hard time just getting into my Bible and that I felt like it just weighed a thousand pounds and it was so much easier for me just to get on Facebook. Well, the Lord fixed that for me because I'm right now banned off of my Facebook page again because I posted something for Memorial Day and I said, these brave men and women, I was showing some pictures of um, some of our uh, fallen heroes for Memorial Day. If you're wondering where I was, then that's where I was uh, banned off my page. And I said, these men fought the evils in World War I and then faced the Nazis in World War II, only to have this generation of people refer to people that they don't like as Nazis. What a terrible misunderstanding of the kind of evil that we are facing. So Facebook didn't like that post and took it down and banned me. And I complained bitterly and said, hey, why are you guys banning me? You totally took this out of context. Shockingly, Facebook replied and said, oh, our bad. And they put my post back up, but they continued to lock me out of my page. So even though they apologized and said that the post was right, somehow uh, I still don't get to be on Facebook. So I'm off of there, off of my personal page for sure for a month. A month. Man, it's rough. It's rough to to, uh, to be out here in the culture right now and to realize that our freedoms are being taken from us. But we've, we've got to get off of the sidelines and onto the front lines. I have some really great news from my neck of the woods. Someone told me the other day that for the first time in many, many, many years, there are dozens of conservatives running for positions in Washington State's third congressional and beyond. And a lot of them are saying, hey, we're going to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. So we're talking about city councils. We're talking about good people, Christians running for mayor, running for office. You guys can do this. You guys can do this. Take a stand. Stand up for your families and for your grandchildren that are coming. And they will be here, trust me when I say, in just a few short years. And you've got an opportunity right now to really get off the bench and onto the battlefield. And how can we know How can we know what God wants us to do? The way that we know is to get in his word and come before him in prayer. And so I'm going to encourage you guys to do that today. I'm going to ask you to pray for us as we're out here on the road. You know, it's kind of an interesting thing to be recording from the motorhome because I have to turn off the generator to do it, which means that now it's like 100 degrees in here. (laughs) And then anybody who knows me knows Heidi does not do heat. I do not do heat very well. I'm sort of uh, melting as I'm recording this, but I'm going to encourage you guys, please pray for us while we're out here. 
and uh, in- encourage you just to follow along. I will be, because uh, I'm not locked out of there, I will be on Instagram. Well, until they lock me out. But for right now, I'm on Instagram. You guys can kind of follow our trip and you can see some behind the scenes of the conference and some of the people that I've been able to talk with. I've got some really great footage from uh, behind the scenes with Governor DeSantis, which is pretty fun, just filming him from uh, my, my little spot backstage. And you guys, I want you to be encouraged because God's at work. Amazing things are happening. I'm meeting amazing people out here. And my fight for the uh, people of Washington state and for the people who love this country has only just begun. And we want to encourage you guys to come alongside us. You can go to Heidi St. John for Congress, by the way, and you can sign up to be part of our prayer team. And we are building a 24 hour prayer team over there. And I hope you guys will be a part of it. And we are praying for you. We're praying for you that for those of you, especially who are identifying with me and your Bible feels like it weighs a thousand pounds, ask the Lord to help you. My daughter Sailor came to me the other day and she's like, Mom, I want to read the Bible with you every day. I heard you say, I heard you say that it weighs a thousand pounds and I want to help you pick it up. <laughs> you guys, I was like, Thank you, Lord, for for the gift of motherhood. What an amazing gift that little girl offered me. Just seeing, hey, this is hard and I'm going to, I'm going to help you lift it up. That's what we do for each other, right? Moses needed people around him like that. Our family needs you. We appreciate your prayers and your support in the days moving forward. All right, that's it. That's all I have for you guys today. I will come back tomorrow. We're going to go over a couple of ways for you to get your family off the bench and onto the battlefield. And I'm going to encourage you, you guys in the fight for faith and freedom because it's worth it. Thanks for listening today, everybody. And I will see you back here from the motorhome at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.